0: Welcome back to the LED Project Podcast brought to you by Lighthouse Educator Development Project. I believe this is number 23. And I am Kyle Krieger with Mr. Wilkie V. Law.
1: Hey, what's up, what's up, what's up?
0: We are in our new early morning format, which I'm digging. I'm liking it. So to kick things off, we are going to go into a We Connect card. And this is one we've used before, but I think it's pretty applicable right now. What? And this is green. What has made you smile in the last two weeks? Mm.
1: <laughs> what has made me smile? Um, I guess working with working with the new teachers and seeing them actually get it, where they actually apply the principles being taught. And you get to witness that light bulb moment that it happens for them. Um, that has really been um, really kinda of opened me up a lot. So Nice. Nice
0: That's my smiling moment. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go to uh you know, our, our seventh grade football season just ended last night. Um Our boys finished four and two, which was awesome. But the fun that I had with those guys was awesome. It was so unexpected to get that (laughs) position and to have such a good time. I I expected once I got it that it would be fun. But I'm smiling because it was great. And I'm actually smiling because it's done now as well, which I don't really feel bad about. (laughs) So, you know, a lot of
1: fun, but a lot of work. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've got I got about three and a half weeks before basketball starts, so it'd be nice to have some downtime. And I should say that I'm 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 smiling on the inside because I get to I get to see you next week.
1: Oh man, I'm so excited about New Mexico. Oh man, like I, yeah. It's been
0: it's
1: it, it's been difficult to keep that out of my topic of conversation with people. Yeah, and I try not to bombard people, you know. So I just I'm like you seem so happy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Have got big things coming. So, all right. So we're going to add a layer to our clear the air. We're going to make it kind of a clear the air slash teachable moment. So we're giving ourselves a little bit of leeway to do one or the other or kind of turn them into both. So I'm going to let you kick this one off.
1: All right. Um, I guess for me, my teachable moment, um, even though I knew this as, as a classroom teacher that not all students are the same, we know that as human beings, not all humans are the same. Um, but I really had a kid who who taught me that I don't know as much as I think I know because I approached him the way I would normally approach anyone and didn't get a response. And the more I pushed, the less he even thought about responding. And when I when I walked away, I stopped myself and I said, Why are you treating him like the last kid you just dealt with? Like it was like instant in that moment. And I turned around and I just simply said, hey, come take a walk with me. And the kid got up and came and walked with me. And I began to ask him questions that he could answer yes or no to. And he began to respond to me. Then I asked him, I said, do you just not like talking to people? He kind of shook his head and put his head down. I was like, why didn't you just say that? He just kind of looked at me. So you think that makes you a bad person? He shook his head again. So it kind of made me realize that, you know, we as educators, we get so caught up. We we want, we ask these questions and try to probe kids to get them to give us something, but we don't ever stop and say, is that really is that really how the kids going to respond to us? Is that really the best course of action to get the response we want? And it just taught me, like I say, it just it was one of those eye openings and. Even to this day, like that was this week, uh, no, last week, Thursday, and then this week, as of yesterday, Tuesday, you know, he gave me a pound on his way to the bus, you know, and and, and you know, we kind of built this 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 relationship between each other, and I'm just really excited about about how that developed in that moment that came out of that. So,
0: yeah, yeah, you know, and and mine's kind of a clear the air slash teachable moment as well because. um In my school district, in the last two weeks, we had a 10-year-old girl get hit by a car on her bike and got killed. And then the next week after, we had a 16-year-old who was in a car crash, and she was killed as well. And it was such a devastating time for our community. But my teachable moment is just the fact that kids, and I think people in general, innately— understand empathy and compassion because I saw kids that are normally wild and squirrely and selfish and self-centered, you know, turn the focus out and, and, and take the focus off of themselves and really just show such great empathy and compassion for people that it really made me understand that it's not you know, they say kids don't understand it, or kids can't do it, or they. I think it's something that's innate in everyone. Like I think just by body language and just by experience, we understand when someone is hurting and we need to comfort them or we need to show compassion or empathy. And I was so impressed with the way our kids handled it and are still continuing to handle it in a
1: difficult time. That's awesome. That's amazing because those are those are things that we really don't. Focus on developing at all within within most of our curriculums, you know we don't
0: yeah you know and and I said to a class of kids that I have you know, your pa- you, know you you know we don't teach you whether it's your parents or your teachers how to deal with having a student your age get killed in a car accident. we don't prepare you for that. That's something you either, you you know, you learn through observing or you just naturally have. And I lean more towards it's something that we naturally have as people.
1: But I think it's because we're programmed and wired to be a collective. You know, and and part of that collective is that, that sense of empathy, that sense of care and concern for other people. We build up these issues and these differences you know, and and these barriers to who we are and what we are, we do that. That's not, you know, that's not innate. Innate, we're packed. We're packed. We're packed people. We want to live in a community. We want to thrive in a community. We want to work together. So I agree with you 100% on that. That I believe it is innate. But again, just because it's innate does not mean it doesn't need to be developed.
0: Right. And that was a lot of what I talked about with some of the teachers I team teach with is just that, you know, are we crushing that in kids with the amount of curriculum and, and knowledge and those Mm. things that we push on them? You know, what, what is the system doing to those kids and not those kids, but that those kids ability to, to, to do that.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So, just some thoughts. All right, let's come into a section we used to do, but we haven't done recently. Let's go. Let's go. What are you reading right now?
1: All right. Uh for me, I've actually gone back into um Mindset by Carol Dwick.
0: Mm, oh,
1: um i have um I had bookmarked a couple of the pages that I wanted to go back and revisit and that caused me just to kind of revisit the book as a whole um, and just understanding that difference between the and the mind and fixing the growth mindset, um, especially as it relates to working with teachers, um, how to help teachers understand that in some areas you could be fixed and in some areas your growth, but at the same time, most of the time, your fix is going to win if it's there present. You have to realize that everything and everyone can be developed in order to be able to teach effectively. You know, so um, getting rid of all the pretenses of, of what could be and just realize that anything is possible. And growth is possible. So that's that's what I'm reading right now. Growth. Mindset. Psycho- the New Psychologist Success by Carol DeWitt.
0: Nice, and I actually just finished um uh, it must be her fifth book uh called Braving the Wilderness by Brene Brown, which was awesome. it was so good um, you know continuing to talk about vulnerability and her shame research, but you know how you live in in the wilderness is you know basically what she calls it um it was incredible there's a quote that comes from it i just saw she posted on her fate her instagram it just said um strong back soft front and a wild heart it's kind of how she tries to to live you know you can stand tall and you can be firm in your boundaries and, and you know have a spine with people but you can also show up and be vulnerable in the front and i i thought that was really good and you know, it's okay to have a wild heart at times to go out and do things and have adventure and experience what life has to offer. You know, and
1: I got I, I to say this. There's another book I've, I'm reading. I just put this book down. I haven't completed it yet, but I just, I have to mention it. Uh, my wife gives me a hard time about it all the time because she says it changes my mind. It's changing my mind quick. But it's called Stamped from the Beginning, The Definitive History of Racist Ideas in America. And um, one of the things that that, that, that struck me about the book by, um, his name is Ibram Kennedy, um, is that it's it's, it's shining a light on a conversation that we need to have in America that we don't have. And because we don't have that conversation we we're putting a generation in position to where they're not going to be able to deal with that and they're not going to know how to handle it. Um, And that's that's a scary that's a scary moment because, you know, when you know the fact that, you know, to say if you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. You have to understand where you come from and what to be able to appreciate where you are. Tells a story of racism through the eyes of five pioneers in American history. Um, so it kind of shows both sides, you know, the, the slave owners versus, the, you know, the slave and, you know, the, the lawmakers, the rebels, you know. So it's a really good, really, really good book, really good book so far. I'm on W. E. B. Du Bois right now, so I stopped because I had to write a paper on him anyway, so.
0: right. Wow. Right all right, so to get into uh just a little bit of content a little bit of what we want to talk about and what we've always talked about we're we're back on the culture piece um, it's been very much in the conversations that we've had recently so i'm I'm gonna kick this back to you to get us started and reopen the uh, the culture conversation
1: um For me, it's one of those big. You know, it's one of my three, my big three Cs. Um, you know, I believe you got to have communication, consistency, and culture. I believe those three things. No matter what organization you're a part of, um, no matter what you know, what av- you know, what field of study you're in, those are those are three things that it has to be. You have to communicate. You have to be consistent with your communication and you have to be consistent with setting your culture and culture to me is what just you know culture, Southern culture you know culture is what do you create in your environment you know when I think about culture I think about Google you know and I think about how they talk to their employees to find out what's gonna work best for them and 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 then they develop a culture that meets the need of the people that they're that that that, that are important. I mean, it's it's the it's employees that drive it. You know, it's a consumer base. You got to have people, but people won't come if your people there are not what they're supposed to be. And I think in education, a field that really is completely thrall customer service, we've gotten away from that, and we we've, we've kind of become almost pushy bullies in a sense to where. We just expect them to do it. We, we want them to do it because you're just supposed to. Well, they they don't know if they don't know. You know what I mean? And because we have a failing system in some cases where that's not articulated, you know, how to do things are not articulated across the board. You know, we, we, we kind of, like I said, again, raising up a generation that's not going to understand how to utilize that and how to create that for themselves. And that's important.
0: Yeah. And I was just with your three C's, I was thinking to myself, you know, to if you if you take communication, then you put a plus sign between communication and um, consistency. You could change it to actions. And then you could put an equal sign and then you would have your culture. I mean, and I think that's a huge part of it um, is, you know, the consistency piece could be. Added to your actions. Because I really feel like. You know culture right. is great. Uh, everyone has a spoken culture. They have their mission statement. They have all those things. But if your actions don't back. Whatever that culture. Intended culture is. The culture you create. Is going to be something other than what you were intending. Right. You know when we. And he, you
1: know We've talked about culture before. And saying that. If you even if you don't set a culture yourself, one's gonna be set for you. You know, and it's either you can you can help outline those parameters of that culture, what's acceptable, what's not, or that's gonna be placed upon you, and when it gets put on you, it it's really hard to shake it once once you have it um once once it's developed on its own. It's really, really hard to.
0: Well, and something that I'm dealing with in my classroom in the Alternative Learning Center is, you know, my, my students have their own little culture. And they don't like outsiders. Mm. And So every time I come in, no matter what I do, I'm getting pushback. Like an example is they're doing a, a project-based learning project where they're all self-driven right now. And I gave them a checklist where they write down their three goals for the day and a spot where I can check to see if they achieved them and I got pushback on it for something mm. as simple as that you know and it's it's a different field because you know you talk about culture in the same way too these kids have their own culture and it's separate from you know, the overall culture of what the school is. These kids have different parameters with which they work than the normal day-to-day student has. Mm -hmm. So adjusting to that and adjusting to the kids' culture, but then also maintaining, making sure that I have the culture that I'm setting, you know, with my actions. Right. And I can't be a victim to their culture. I think it's getting to a point where I have to learn how to make my culture coexist with theirs. Or, or fold their culture into my own.
1: And I think a lot of times that that is the case, because you have to... The merging of cultures is such a, 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 a tricky thing. I mean, think about it historically. I mean, either one is going to dominate and the other is going to become subservient to it, or, you know, or one's going to completely be obliterated. I mean, it, there's either one or the other. Um... So, so merging them takes takes that that careful placement of okay who it's funny it's funny that you bring that up as as it relates to students because I think about that thinking about that in a struggle that that I've I've seen with with, um, with teachers and administrators because again. That's, that's kind of, that's kind of, teachers that have a different culture than than the school. You may have a school whose overall culture is, 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 is vibrant, and then you may have a few that are those little pockets of, you know, cancerous uh, cells almost. And it's like identifying what is the key mixture that needs to be removed or dealt with first in order to influence everything else. I mean um, – You know, we did the, um, in the training, we talk about attention uh, equals influence. You know, we can't begin to influence them until we get their attention. We can't get their attention until we uh, infiltrate, so to speak, their, uh, their culture. And in order to infiltrate their culture, we have to do some recon to see what makes them tick. And we get in on those ticks. You know what I mean, like, and I think it, it it creates it's almost like a cat and mouse game because they don't want to let you in, but if you just stay president long enough, they won't have a choice because it's not that they're gonna let you in; the door is just gonna be open and you're gonna be there. Um, yeah, so yeah.
0: I mean, and that's a and that's a good point with my ALC students is so many of them have walls, and they've. You know most of their life gone through hard times, so they keep people at bay Mhm so any no different than adult
1: learners adult yeah. learners are the exact same way
0: you know so The
1: difference the biggest difference those adult learners bring in a lot more baggage than than the students you know what i mean so but but what's amazing is the same as I'm reading right now for class. I didn't include this in my reading but uh, transformative dimensions of adult learning by Jack Miserow. You know, he talks about that, what that piece that makes learning transformative in our lives is when we, we can change something that we've learned growing up as a child that we've developed as a habit of mind as a child and then have it reshaped by a new experience and the reflection on that new experience. Um, And most people, when they choose, when they actually reflect, there's almost got to be a shift in culture and thinking that critical reflection of constantly looking at where you are, what you're doing, it forces you to have to change because you don't, you can't stay in the same place knowing that this caused me pain, but I'm going to keep inflicting it to myself. You know, and that works just as well with children. Yeah. as
0: Yeah. Well. I mean, and that's, that's a really good point with, you know, the students that I have is they've been disenfranchised with the educational system, whether mm-hmm. it was their own making or their parents or kids, you know, and they carry around those stigmas. So I really like what you said that I just got to continue to show up. And, you know, a lot of what they do is they're just trying to deflect their own pain and their own worry. So they try to put it on me and, you know, the the major thing they do is they, they talk under their breath so I can hear it. And try to say negative things about me or what I'm doing. But I'm not even just responding to it. Like, at this point, I'm just... Not even giving credence. Like if you, because we have told the kids, like if you have issues, you can come talk to us. But I'm not going to acknowledge your issue when you talk under your breath just loud enough that I can hear it. I'm not going to address it on that front. Oh,
1: there you go. All right, yeah.
0: You know, so that's, I mean, that's thats the point that I'm at with it. But I think coming back to the culture piece with your three C's, it's a great start for anyone who really is trying to think about whether, you know, you have to have the communication of what the vision of the culture is. And I think you both need to consistently talk about that culture and your actions have to back it up
1: hmm and consistency is key I mean you know just with personal training hitting the gym a lick or two every every other month or so won't bring forth changes that you want to see in your body but going every single day committing yourself to a routine committing yourself to the to the heartache the pain the agony the suffering the the the, the, the wanting to give up the not seeing the value in it consistently challenging that, Ms. Ro even talks about it as being a, a a dilemma that occurs. Consistently challenging that dilemma forces us to go to a different place. And the more we stay in that place, the more it becomes a habit. You know, Carol, uh, Carol Dweck talks about that. You know, uh, Dr. Seeley talks about that, forming those habits of mind. Um, and with children, regardless of the pushback, their desire, I'm gonna say it's not to be controlled, but it's to be put in structured environments. Think about when when, when you see kids blossom the most. You talked about, open up, you talked about the uh, your experience with the football team. Think about why kids f- prosper so much in organizing. It's because there's a structure there, there's parameters there, and now you have the freedom to excel in who are in these parameters: soccer player, golf player, basketball player, uh, football. It doesn't matter whatever it is that you're doing in this organized sport. There's a, there's a sense of parameters there that pushes you. Well, why not get, make that same environment, the environment of every classroom, where there's consistently set parameters? That forces the kid. i it. It continuously motivates the kid to be better than what they were. <coughs> so, say I just think that um, that that and that works with anybody.
0: Right. That works you know, with anybody. Yeah. So you wanna you wanna take that as our final thought? or You wanna add a little bit to it? Because I know I heard your alarm went off.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I think that that. I think it pretty much sums it up. I mean, I think culture, it is what sustains humanity. And how that humanity is sustained depends on the culture that we set right now. And right now, we can either choose to stay volatile the way it is, which is going to only produce violence, or we can choose to really take a really good look at what we're doing and how we're doing it and, and change it for the better.
0: I'm with it. That sounds... Sounds like a winning place to stop. So we appreciate you listening in on the podcast. We will be back with you next week to um, outline and give you little details on our trip to New Mexico. Hopefully, we'll have a few <coughs> guests that we can bring yeah, on. Yeah, I was
1: gonna say we have some guests that we'll try to bring on from the conference, Sounds and we we'll get to do a live one together again. So that's gonna be pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, man, for sure. So
1: maybe we can maybe we can FaceTime in with the. Uh, Colonel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. So we appreciate you listening Hope you have a, a great day, great week, great night, wherever you are at, and we will talk with you soon.